Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Matt Schaup, author, speaker, and serial entrepreneur. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? No, I, I'm doing great. Thank you. I, you know, it's not often that I talk with someone who can just, I know, beat the dickens out of me, whether I'm in a dark alley or a bright one. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> but everyone who's listening is like, I wonder what this guy looks like. Looks like a normal dude. But I mean, you, you do have Brazilian jujitsu, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Going on my 16th year. Yeah. How did you get into that? So the, the long story short of it is gr- growing up, I got severely bullied, you know, and I'm a fairly big guy now. I've spent a lot of years in the gym, you know, after that, <laughs> as a result of that. And uh, yeah, just got, just got the crap kicked out of me every day by girls on the playground in New Jersey and was scared to go out in the world. And, you know, from that experience, I um, picked up, you know, securities and things that really weren't securities, you know, and, and that, and that stayed with me for a long time. So what do you I mean thought, you know, yeah, so as a kid, right, you're looking for mm-hmm. some kind of, of certainty, right? You're going out into yeah. this world, you're having these experiences, and you're like, okay, the world's kicking the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I do? How do I handle that? Will I run? I hide? I avoid? So I started with that. And then I, you know, I, I, I realize what that gets me as I get into my adult years. And I'm like, no, you don't run, hide, and avoid. You go lift weights and puff up and posture and pretend you're something that you're not. So that experience created, you know, an identity per se. And um, that all got really tossed on its head. I went into a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy back in 2007. I walked in there thinking I was going to attend a kickboxing class because mm-hmm. that was really interesting for me. And they're like, ah, you came at the wrong time. Why don't you just go out and try that Jiu-Jitsu over there? It looked like a bunch of guys just wrestling around in pajamas. And uh, I watched <laughs> it for a few minutes and I'm, I'm a big meathead, right? Like I'm 220 pounds of just pure muscle and ego and attitude and I'm watching it and, and, you know, buddy comes up and he says, Hey, you know, you just need to take this guy right here, put him on the ground and then choke him or crank on his arm. And then he'll tap out when he's, when he's done. I go, that seems pretty easy. Like that guy, you know, can I have that guy? They're like, no, they're like, don't take the big guy, take the little small guy over there. So I'm, I'm 27. This kid's 14, 15, 120 pounds. And they're like, take it easy on him. And before I went out, they said, hey, if you ever want whatever's happening to stop, you want your opponent to stop doing what they're doing, just just tap on them. And then if they tap on you, you need to stop. That's like the, hey, I I call it quits. Let's reset. So I go out there. I come after this kid and he throws me on my back, (laughs) jumps on top of me. I'm like trying to bench press him off and he spins around my arm like a little spider monkey and, you know, cranks my arm and I'm tapping out. I go, what the hell did you just do? And, um, you know, it, it really changed my perspective very quickly on, um, you know, size and strength and how you approach a problem or a, or a situation. So it, it really, it really changed my life and put it in a much more positive direction. And it's, um, it's a great skill to have and hope that I never have to use, but, but totally prepared to use it if I ever have to. And that's, that's super awesome. cool to, to be able to have that. No, that, that is super cool. And I like that you were able to shift your folks and be like, hey, like acknowledging your world's been shifted and changed and step into that, mm-hmm. I think is something that is a life skill in itself. Yeah. And um, I do a little video series on uh, on the social about leadership and business lessons that I learned on the jujitsu mats and the parallels between, between those things. Because as business owners, we have to approach situations differently. You know, we might be 
headstrong and into something and just getting, you know, getting thrown on our back or getting our arm cranked or, you know, figuring it out the, the hard way. And you have to look at, you know, look at timing and technique and, you know, when, when you approach a situation, when you don't, when you don't want to push into something, when you just want to kind of hang out and chill there for a minute. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. But speaking of business owning and being a serial entrepreneur, I know there's a lot of different types of serial entrepreneurs. So what is it that you do? Like, do you just find businesses and kind of go in, fix them up a little bit and resell them? Or do you have like a certain niche or industry that you really heavily yeah. invest in? Like what kind of serial entrepreneur are you? If you, no, if love, you subscribe to a certain type. No, I get it. Yeah. There's, there's the guys that'll come in and they'll, you know, buy something that's struggling and they'll, they'll fix it. They'll do their, the turnaround and flip guy. No, totally get that. So, I mean, my, my first business, I was 10 years old. My parents, I asked them for some money. They didn't give me money. They said, find a way to make your own money, started mowing lawns. So I'm naturally gifted at making stuff happen, right? Knocking on doors, marketing that direct face-to-face -face sales. Um, business gave me a lot of identity as a kid. You know, I wanted something, I went out and worked for it and I got it. So all of the companies that I, that I now own and run um, were, were founded. They were founded out of scratch. So I'm really that, that startup guy that take an idea uh, find a creative way to finance it. And um, I call it, you know, launching the rocket ship. I'm really good at building that energy, pouring into something, taking it off, building a vision. Once it's up in the air, though, uh, I'm jumping on other rocket ships. And that was kind of a detriment back in the early days, because you have to have the right team and people in place to take the trajectory of that over right and keep guiding sure. that so quick, that's, quick the, that's the style that. of a launcher yeah do you do you hang on to those or do you sell off part of equity how did what did, do you have an exit plan i've i've hung on to them all so far i've got six companies total two of them are partnerships and you know a lot of it is just things that i really enjoy and love mm -hmm. so you know painting i got into painting uh, residential house painting in college and just never got out of it it's a great business gives people a lot of opportunities we have the jiu-jitsu school um, we have a little drywall repair tool that was um, drawn on a napkin out of frustration of getting kicked off of a paint job because we couldn't figure out drywall texture. Um, you know, that one's just been some real passive income. And we had we had an offer for it, though, so we might consider selling that one. Um, definitely not not opposed to it. So pretty much, pretty much like services, trades, industry is your strong suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, do some do some real estate as well. And then, you know, my big focus right now is writing, you know, writing books, writing more books, doing more speaking. And I've got a big passion for Spain. So I bring business leaders on leadership retreats and experiences over to Spain. So that's super cool. What's your favorite place in Spain that you go to? Seville, down south. I haven't been to I've been to Barcelona and Madrid, but I haven't been to Seville. Okay. So there's kind of that, like that quiet, that, that hidden city, you know, unless mm -hmm. you kind of dig into Spain a little bit, a lot of people, they go to Barcelona, Madrid, the two, the two big ones, but yeah, that's Southern Spain, Andalusia, just a different kind of vibe, atmosphere, people are amazing. It's just, it's magical. Sounds weird, but yes, yeah, Seville's just a really magical city. If you go there. That's super cool. So are you fluent in Spanish as well then or no? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Did, was that something you picked up in your adult life or was that something that you have always been with and like grew up with and learned along the way no i mean my parents they're like you gotta learn german because you're german i remember when you had to pick a, <laughs> a language in middle school uh -huh. like, but i think everybody in colorado speaks spanish i'm like i'll never speak german and they were they were bummed about it you know but i started in middle school uh kind of became um advanced i, I got ahead of the studies in high school so i find my senior year of college, this is where it really, really sunk in for me. I had finished the Spanish program early. I had nothing to do. So I'm doing elementary tutoring at a, at a school here in town. 
they had a huge uh, ESL, Spanish-speaking demographic. Mm-hmm. So students, English as a second language. And I happened to be walking by the front desk when a Spanish-speaking mom called and they were like, hey, we need somebody to translate quick. And that turned into kind of being a, a free translator for the school. And then when I was at Colorado State University, I had a good friend of mine still to this day, Spanish professor. She's like, you should go study abroad. You'd really love it. Um, you know, she's selling her country hard. She's from Spain. And I signed up on a whim, man. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. I was doing the college painting, the business thing. And I took a semester and just jumped into this, you know, amazing experience. Totally changed my life. I love that. I, I can't stress enough the value of studying abroad when you are in college. I, got, I had the opportunity to go to Latin America. So it was 10 weeks in Costa Rica, two in Nicaragua, two in Panama, two in Guatemala. And it was awesome. Yeah. just phenomenal. I was a Spanish major that was really bad at Spanish, but the experience mm-hmm. and the people and my life will never be the same. Like just those experiences. And it's incredible. Yeah. Just and, the and there's something about being, you know, and I think for, for, for business owners and business leaders, I mean, something about being dropped into an experience where the, the culture, the environment, the customs, everything is new. I mean, I remember my brain, like my brain physically hurt. I don't know if you could ever feel that your brain hurts, but oh, yeah. you know, you might remember this, those first 30 days. I'm like, this, this was like, it was definitely out of my comfort zone and I was ready to come home and just, I mean, I, I, I had some really embarrassing moments of uh-huh. speaking Spanish that I could share. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, but you get, you get past that, you know, you expect the culture shock, you expect what you're going to run into and, you know, you get over it, you have this experience. Um, and then what was really weird was coming home. You come home yes. to your country, right? That you know that you love and it's different and you're different and nobody gets why you're different. It's a reverse culture shock that nobody set me up for. And um, that took, that was harder to adjust to coming back, believe it or not. Yeah, that's, it's so tough. Did, did you do a, like the winter semester or quarter? When, when did you go? No, I did spring, was it spring of 02? I think it was spring of 2002. Yeah, I did like January to May. And I lived uh, right outside Madrid in Alcalá de Henares. It's the hometown of uh, Miguel de Cervantes, the famous Spanish author. Yeah, so we had had three-day, no, yeah, we had four-day study weeks, three-day weekends. And then in Spain, every other Monday is like a Saint's Day or a holiday or a Puente, they call it. So we would (laughs) frequently have... four day four day weekends man and we travel we travel all over get a get a bus get a train and you know just take adventures all all over the place so i love that do you run this is so i guess part of that is do you run your businesses that you set up as bilingual or are they uh, english only for the most part so the the painting and contracting trade so our painting companies turned into roofing gutters siding all home services there's a large spanish-speaking base of the labor there um, you know, and I've even, I've done some speaking abroad, you know, I've done some keynotes in Spain and things like that as well. Uh, so, so cool. you know, a l- little bit, yeah, I get to use it as much as much as I can. I love sharing the, uh, the Spanish culture with people. So we have a little free coffee bar in our office. It's called Cafe Sevilla. And, um, you know, I would just bring coffee back from Spain, share it with people. And then people wanted to start purchasing it. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to have a coffee shop. I'm not trying to run a, you know, run a Starbucks <laughs> here. So we make coffee for free for people. And they started donating money. We started a scholarship at CSU and uh, we have a study abroad scholarship. So we've sent like 16 kids over to Spain since 2007. Um, But yeah, the whole leadership adventures, I love sharing the country and the culture. And, you know, it's one thing to bring it back or to cook a meal for somebody here. Uh, But we actually took our leadership team last March over to Spain and just, just a really cool experience. That's awesome. 
So going with that leadership, do you also do consulting on further businesses? Is that like go in hand in hand with your speaking or do you only do speaking engagements? You know, so I was at a, at a time I was doing one-on-one coaching and, and consulting. So like when we have a, when we have a leadership retreat, I'm a big believer in, you know, your, your business will only grow to the level that you and your leadership do. So I work on a lot of personal development, obviously can help people with business growth, but we're hiking the Camino in September. We're doing 70 miles over six days up, up North. That's cool. So that's going to be focused on like, let's unplug, reconnect, revision, refocus along those you know, 200,000 steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk business. You know, there'll be coaching and you know consulting per se there. Um, but that's not one thing that I'm doing a lot anymore. I'm actually building kind of an entrepreneurial community where we do some some group events and group coaching calls and stuff like that. So, uh, but something I've done for sure and I enjoy. Nice. So is, is that your current focus though? The like group coaching community mastermind type? What yeah, would you like so to label the, it as? If you, if you have to give it a label. You know, so I, we're, we're still building it. It's kind of in the brainstorming process. So, you know, we're looking at, you know, a, a way to network with other entrepreneurs that are kind of feeling alone and on an island. and They want to connect with others and just grow and develop. So we, we don't know the name of it. We don't know totally what it looks like right now. But, um, you know, I definitely know that, you know, for me, part of my purpose is to be a, a beacon of hope for entrepreneurs. And um, I tend to relate to a lot that, you know, came from nothing, started with nothing, nothing was handed to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that I that I talk to and work with, they've had you know, traumatic pasts and um, could never even imagine being in the spot of being a business owner. And now they're sitting here like, wait, I'm a business owner. I get to change my family tree and I don't have the tools. I don't have the resources. How do you do this? And, um, you know, I like to break, break things down real simply for people. Oh, that's awesome. When is, uh, when's it slated to start? Do you have a, like a rough idea? We're probably 90 to 120 days out. Nice. What's the, is it too soon? What's the name of the group or? I don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. We're tossing <laughs> ideas around and none of them, none of them stick yet. You know what I'm doing right now is, uh, I, I speak with a lot of business owners, so I'm, bu- I'm building out a survey of just, you know, like, what are your struggles? What are your challenges? Where are you, where are you frustrated? If there was a community, what do you want to see in it? Like, I think I know, right? You know, I, I'm a very creative guy. I think I know what people want, but, you know, we're doing some surveys and getting some good, you know, some good ideas on where we want to take it. And then we're going to take it there and, and launch it, see where it goes. So that's super cool. So aside from that, do you have other passion projects or certain things that you're actively working on right now? I do. So I've, uh, I've written two business books. Um, I just launched Painted Baby. That actually came out at the end of January. Um, Congratulations. And thank you. No, it's been, it was, it was super fun. Like that journey as an author has been, been really cool and exciting. And I've learned, learned tons. And I finished the second book and I've got like two more, two more books up in the, up in the head here. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, you obviously want to promote the book you have, but I'm thinking about the next concept and just just feel this calling um, with, you know, the involvement in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and with children, um, giving them the tools and resources that I didn't have as a kid. So I'm actually working on a children's book right now. Nice. Um, it was kind of secret for a minute, but now now it's out of the bag. <laughs> well, we, so, we don't have to say what the name is or anything or the, the no, you know, and I don't, I don't have a name. I just, I, you know, I'm really paralleling, you know, my story and what I went through. And, uh, you know, I think kids they get bullied, they, they get told the either no advice or the wrong advice yeah. by parents that either didn't experience it and, and just don't don't understand it. And yeah, I see and experience a lot of kids that are getting told the wrong things. And I know what I went through when I experienced that. And then I finally stood up for myself one day and 
you know, I put a, a, I'm in third grade, put a fifth grade kid in the hospital, totally disfigured his face, you know, almost, he almost needed a blood transfusion. I stood up for myself, but totally in the wrong way. And looking back would have been so cool to have Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a kid. I think I would have had a totally different trajectory and path. Um, not that I'd trade it for anything, but um, being able to share that and show that to kids is super important for me. So sure. it's a passion project and stepping into kind of a new space as, as an author. I know nothing about writing a kid's book, dude. Nothing. I, I heard that rhyming and short sentences work really well. That's well, I, I, I'm just, I'm I just think kidding. about the rhyming. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be small words. Yeah, very small words. I mean, a kid's book like like Painted Baby. I just, you know, this one, this just came out 60,000 words. Somebody said, yeah, kids books like 500 words. You got to just get straight to the point. So. And just like see Matt cry. Matt is see sad. Matt cry. See Matt cry. Matt, Matt. <laughs> Matt throw rock. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, I, I'm, I'm debating about the rhyming. I've seen, I've seen them both ways. Yeah. But I've got an yeah. amazing illustrator lined up. She's coming out to the uh, jujitsu Academy and she just sits there and does sketches. They're, they're amazing. It's going to be really cool. So that's awesome. I do want to go back to really quick something you said that I think is really important and um, I like to talk about, but you said that, you know, you wish you'd had this, but you wouldn't trade your experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a powerful statement. I grew up a military kid. I moved around a lot. I have no concept of hometown, childhood friends, right? Like these things yeah. don't exist for me that, you know, the more people in the field, I was like, oh, it must be harder for you. And I'm like, I don't know anything different. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. this is my experience and it was helped create who I am as a person. And while mm -hmm. I can, I, you know, I wish that I had those old connections or, you know, the sense of home or these different things. I don't think yeah. that wishing to trade them is the answer. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying, you know, this part was hard and it sucked. Mm -hmm. I appreciate having the experience because it's shaped me into who I am as informed me as a person. So I wanted to acknowledge that because I yeah. think that's powerful. No, thank you. I was talking about that with, with somebody the other day, you know, I was meeting with a gentleman, he'd gone through a really, really traumatic past. And I mean, he's still in a very victimhood mindset. Things happen to me. There's no control over my actions, attitude, decisions, outcomes, things like that. And I you know, kind of called him out on it a little bit. And he's like, I just wish this never would have happened. I'm like, okay, so maybe you had the dad that was there or the month, you know, the finances in the bank, like you wouldn't be here now. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have learned what you learned from that. So I think whatever, you know, whoever's listening to this, whatever you've gone through there's power in that story and maybe you didn't have the greatest example of fill in the blank that's a great anti-example you know well i didn't have this so i can't be this no just like do the opposite um that that's a good that's a good start and you know you get to define what your story is moving forward you can't let the the past continue to write your future because um, again that happened with me for a really long time i was letting things from the past carry into my business my marriage and they weren't good and uh, finally, finally decided to make, make a change with that. You have to be very conscious of that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to make that shift from things happen to me to I control my response. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I think that, I, again, I, I throw props all the time to Gary Vee, but I feel like he's been a big voice in this movement of like, take charge of your life. You know, like, yeah, things happen. Like that, that mm -hmm. sucks, right? Like you <laughs> can't control the drunk driver or these other, you know, things that happen, but everything else the 90 percent that comes after an event is you mm -hmm. and yeah. it's okay what are you gonna do yeah. yeah it's okay to acknowledge that things suck but it's not okay to be like i'm just gonna sit here and play the victim card like figure yeah. it out and it's okay that it hurts but you can't improve yourself 
So. And, and that, that victim, that victim mindset and language and mentality is really attractive and really sexy to other victims. So if you, if you think you're there, I'd say survey the five, six, seven people you're spending the most time with. And if you're sitting around in a circle, having a pity party, you know, somebody <laughs> started it. No, it is. It feels good, right? Like it feels good to just like wallow in, in that. And I mean, it's, like a, massage it's, a, habit. Yeah. it's a it's a pattern. It's a mindset, right? That, that you're, that you're wired with and you can break it, but um, it, it is to somebody that is a victor that is winning, that is really taking charge of their life. That, that for me personally, that is a, that is one of the most unattractive things to hear. It just, it totally, it, you know, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll call out the people I love on it, but I mean, it's, it's not going to get you where you want to go. That's a, the greatest way to not accomplish your goals is just be a victim. Yeah. And I think that leads beautifully into that group that you're creating, right? Like I understand yeah. entrepreneurship is hard. And I, you know, I say this every few episodes as well, but it can be tough. It can be lonely, especially if you are the first entrepreneur in your family and your family doesn't get it because they come from W2s yeah. and you show up, you get paid and they can't understand why you would change security for an unknown risk, you know, and they yeah. don't, there's no support and you don't have a network and you're alone and your friends don't understand because they're in the same boat. And maybe you're going to school or college or whatever it is. And you're like, man, I've been hustling, you know, while they pop some candy bars out of my locker and these kids just don't get it, you know, like, yeah, you have this drive and you feel alone and you have people like Matt who have a heart to be like, Hey, you know, yes, it can suck, but you can do this. Right? There's always yeah. a place to go and always a network and someone to plug into, whether it's a mentor or a group that will support you and cares about you. So yeah, it can be tough. It can be hard. We all entrepreneurs, the journey isn't this, you know, steady incline, but it is up and down. Yeah. And we all have been there. And we care about you, even if we don't know you, like we have a heart for business owners and you belong, even if you don't realize you belong or you don't feel like you belong. So that's, that's my spiel. That's my two cents, but no. And, and I love that. And I mean, I grew up, you know, I was born in 81, grew up in the eighties the and nineties. I mean, we didn't have the internet. You, we, I couldn't click a button and just like see Gary V videos or Tony Robbins or whatever it is. Like you literally had to come in contact with entrepreneurs physically right face to face there was there's was no other way to do it so i mean there's there's no there's no excuses in 2023 whatever your story is wherever you've come from wherever you want to go from there you have gaps to fill in knowledge gaps you you and i talked about this right you're fighting fires and how secure was that though right i mean share that story <laughs> yeah. um and you've got to fill in those gaps like you got you got an internet connection no you don't you got a computer all right well figure figure that out go to the public library jump on the internet watch some videos, you can learn anything on the internet. College is super overrated. Um, colleges have me come speak to the colleges and I share that and they get frustrated. I'm like, do you want me to push college or tell you the truth? I, yeah. You know, I, the, the, I, I took some very valuable lessons out of college, but my degrees are not in business and they're buried in a box somewhere in that room right behind me. Yeah, I, college is valuable for the experience of college. As a institution of, I feel like, learning and setting you up for success, there are niche industries mm -hmm. where it's practical and it makes sense. Like, yeah, you want to be a doctor, you're going to need the schooling and education. You want to Absolutely. go into something in humanities or whatever else, like, you have mm -hmm. all the resources in the world at your fingertips to learn that and be successful. Like, you don't, you don't need yeah. college for that. But the people you connect with and relationships that you can create there and carry on, the experiences yeah. you get are unique that can't really re be replicated anywhere else. And I feel like that's yeah, agree with that. Living in the dorm on the floor with like 40 other guys, an mm -hmm. invaluable experience, you know, from a kid oh, yeah. who was 
essentially like a shut-in military family and homeschooled for part yeah. of it like that uh, opened up your world huh it did <laughs> it was like a kid in the candy store I'm running up and down the hallways and rollerblading and in the door like just mm -hmm. being crazy and like experiencing yep. life and college is great for the experience and I feel like they have a hard time reframing that now because they're trying to hold on to that like you need us for the education where it's not really the case anymore That's what they really so have true. is yeah. an experience that can't be replicated yeah, and I think it would look a lot different for them because the uh, the ROI, right? I mean, I have a bachelor's degree, liberal arts in Spanish, mm -hmm. and then child development and family studies. Yeah, I wanted to be a, a teacher. And if I would have continued with that, sure, I could have gotten my teacher's license. But I mean, yeah, just the, the return on that investment, the biggest, the biggest things that I found in college is, I mean, I had this amazing study abroad experience, which opened up all of these doors, all of these opportunities. Mm -hmm. I, I found God in college and met my wife fell in love and, and got married in college. And then the college painting experience that really transitioned and, and started my entrepreneurial journey. You know, I had a lot of entrepreneurial influence in college. And I mean, it wasn't the 9 a.m. biology class. I don't, I don't remember any of that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember too. sleeping through my 9 a.m. classes, but that, that's- Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, and then, uh, so, so yeah, no, I love, I love that. No, but I mean, but I love, I love having the scholarship because I think study abroad is so important. I was talking to my kiddos the other day, you know, I'm like, you guys are, you guys, it doesn't have to be Spain, um, but you gotta, you gotta <laughs> go, you gotta go somewhere. That is an experience that cannot be replicated as well. You just it doesn't have to be Spain, but I'll love you more if it is. That's <laughs> yeah, I, I might, I might, uh, yeah. Well, then it gives it, I told my son, I go, where do you want to go? He's like, Spain. And I said, you know, I'd be over there like every, every couple of weekends. Right. And he's like, yeah, I know dad. He's like, you gotta, you gotta leave me alone if I go to Spain. <laughs> That's awesome. How old are you kids? If you don't mind my asking. Uh, oh yeah. No, my son, Riley, he's 15 and my daughter's 12, Haley. Oh, wow. Still in the thick of it. That's really cool. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Is. I mean, Riley's really coming into his own. He just started playing football. They both do jujitsu just cause I mean, they, they just have to, um, and I'm glad they do. But yeah, no, Riley's jumping into uh, another sport with football and Haley's really digging the leadership and the business and the the social uh, social community is very outgoing, very social. She's already hustled up a couple of uh, businesses to make some money for her phone. And then she shook me down on Painted Baby. She's on the cover. So she gets paid for every <laughs> book that I sell. So. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So. Uh, where can, so someone's like, Hey, this guy sounds legit. Like I want to either grab his books or, you know, get him, get him to come speak for me and my business or whatever it is. Totally. Like, where can they, where can they go find you? Yeah. Everything's on mattshop.com. So I've got a, a set of free tools that you can download. That's a good start. You know, I stay in touch. I do a morning coffee video. I just started doing them in Spanish too. That's been a fun challenge, but uh, just do a little morning, you know, minute or less inspirational tip for life leadership and business. And then, yeah, everything's on there about uh, the speaking, the books, and the leadership retreats in Spain. That's awesome. And for everyone who's, again, like you can't, you know, see this. So it's M-A-T-T-S-H-O-U-P.com. Matt Schaub. You got it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Matt, I super appreciate having you on here. But before I wrap up, is there anything that you wished I had asked you or that you wanted to revisit before we close out? No, this was, this was a great conversation. I love how it, uh, I go on a lot of podcasts, you know, and we didn't totally talk all about, all about business. I would just share with people that, um, yeah, li life is business, business is life. It's just humans serving humans. And just remember that when you get stuck, when you get frustrated, it's just, how do you connect with somebody, make their life better and, and just keep it simple. Awesome. So, well, Matt, so thanks, thank you man. so much for being on the show, man. I loved having you. Thanks, and everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.